dreamers. Welcome to another episode of the Money Matters podcast. Today on the podcast, we're talking all about friends with benefits, but the financial kind from youth allowance to the young care bursary. We're exploring every kind of financial benefit offered by the Australian government, what you're entitled to and how you can apply. Helping us navigate the check boxes to check is federal member for McNamara, Josh Burns. We're so excited to have you with us today. Before we dive into what you can claim, it's time to share a win of the week. This week, Lisa was successful in her application for the Young Care Bursary and will receive $3,000 over the next 12 months to assist her with her studies. Go, Lisa! We love celebrating you on your big and small wins throughout your journey, so be sure to submit your money wins on the forum for your chance to be featured and to win extra points on the Dreamers Hub. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Before we dive into government entitlements, please tell everyone listening a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how on earth you ended up into the crazy realm of politics. Well, Maddie, good morning. It is really my pleasure to be with you and I'm very excited to be on the podcast. I was very chuffed when uh, when you asked me to be on and I'm, I'm very pleased to be uh, having this conversation this morning. My story t- to lead me here today, growing up, I was always fascinated with politics. It was always a passion of mine, but I, I never really had any sort of you know, I didn't inherit a seat from my father or, you know, like the old days, that's how it used to be. And, um, and sort of, I, I never was part of a, a labor dynasty or anything like that. I, I was just a, a young, a young person interested in politics. And I, 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 I finished school and did okay. And, and started studying commerce at university. And it wasn't really at the time I was sort of an 18 year old and just happy with freedom, to be honest, Maddie. And, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't inspired by what I was studying, but I did love university. And so I made, I decided to make a change to change from commerce to, to arts and to politics and history. And it was, you know, at the time, a lot of people were saying, what are you doing? It's, you know, you're not going to make a career of it, you know, all of this sort of stuff. But it was, I think the best thing I did um, from my career point of view, because it wasn't about, what, what, you know, might get me the job that I'll be fine with. It was about what, what do I really want to do? What am I passionate about? What do I care about? And for me, it, you know, it's a, it's a privilege to be involved in politics. I, I never really, I never really had a plan about what specific role in politics that I was going to have. But, um, for me, just being a part of the, the show and being a part of, of, um, you know, the, the, the central decision making body of society um was 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 you know it's a privilege it's public service like that is a is a real privilege and i started volunteering for the labor party and and started working in politics um and and then when when the train arrived for me to try and put up my hand to run for the federal parliament i foolishly said yes and and um and thankfully um the people of McNamara gave me an opportunity and i'm i'm really grateful and and i try and work hard. And I think, Maddie, that it's, it's, you know, this period of politics is, is extraordinary that, that, that I think perhaps in Australia, we've been fortunate that many people can choose to, to be a bit apathetic around politics, that the standard of living in Australia has been on the whole excellent. And it's been because of the decisions made by politicians of past who, who have helped try and construct a really fair and decent society. And that doesn't happen by accident. It happens because good people try and do good things. And, and, now I think we're facing one of the most difficult periods of politics and of and of 
society and the pressures of society that, that we're, we're facing a long, long time. That instability and that insecurity that many people are facing is one where, where it's more important than ever that we have good people in politics and good people caring about politics because we need to support each other and get through this period. You definitely make politics something that feels very accessible and easy to understand and approachable to everyone that comes into contact with you. So I wanted to thank you for that. As a representative of government and separately as a member of the general community, what are some of the key issues that you see affecting young people today? And how does the government then conceive and create benefits for them, I guess? How do you decide who is most in need of help and who whose needs outweigh one another, I guess? I think I think that young people have probably been as hard a hit than any group in this entire pandemic. You know, even from school age people who who have been away from school and who have been away from their friends and their organisations and their sporting clubs. I mean, as a 15-year-old, for me, my biggest part of the week was just going to go play some basketball and see my friends and 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 for all of that to be taken away from people is is really difficult the other big thing i think is 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 this sense of of opportunity and and pathway i think a lot of young people that i've been speaking to you know especially leaving school and leaving university there's this idea well you know it's going to be impossible for me to get a job or a good job or one that i want and it's going to be you know there's not enough out there and and there's this level of of despondency that that I think is that many young people are experiencing right now, and it's not for nothing. It's real, and it's because it is hard at the moment. In fact, it's probably harder than it's ever been. One of the things I spoke about in my in my maiden speech in Parliament was this idea that young people are able to to have pathways towards financial security. That that in Australia, working isn't 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 it's isn't about. Um, just working for the sake of working. It's also about making sure that we are able to live good and social and comfortable lives and, and to enjoy all of the things that, that come with life in Australia. And, and I think that too many young people can't see that as a reality for themselves at the moment. So, so, so in this pandemic, we, we need to be doing things that support young people to be able to cope with all of these changes around them. And that obviously revolves around mental health and support for people. But it's also about giving people a sense of hope that that the future can be a possibility that we all want to see. And I think that that involves um, making sure that we have you know proper access to education, proper access to university, to TAFE, to skills, to make sure that whatever your passion is. I mean, most people aren't crazy enough to to want to be in politics like me, Maddie. That they they have far more sensible um, ambitions. Um, but 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 um, but to make sure that whatever your passion is, that's what that that, that there are pathways that it doesn't matter what your economic background or circumstances are that you have those opportunities. And then also making sure that that government has a role in 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 making sure that the economy has opportunity and the economy has opportunities for young people. And I think, I think, you know, some of the statistics about how many jobs are out there for the amount of applications are, are extraordinary. And 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 the the balance is tipped away from young people. So you know, it's not going to change overnight. But we need to keep working on it, and we need to keep making sure it's a focus for us. In, in the political world to try and make sure that there's opportunities. 
So when we look at opportunities, I guess, for young Australians in particular at Little Dreamers and with our Money Matters podcast, we're looking specifically at young carers. And I guess these young people are in the in the course of establishing their own identity and navigating young adulthood. Um, and they have the added responsibility of helping to care for a loved one in their family. How does the current system help young carers and what would someone who's brand new to the system or brand new to their caring role need to know as to what support they can access? It's a really good question. As all of your listeners and as you know better than me, Maddie, everyone's circumstances is different. What arrangement they're they're in in their own house and, and who they're caring for is different. And so there are different support mechanisms and support programs for different people. And, and, and it depends on, on, you know, what your arrangement and your specific arrangements um, are, depends on what you can access. The best piece of advice I can give around, especially young people, is to go onto the Services Australia website. And there is a tab that specifically involves carers and and that will direct you in the right places. It takes you towards, say, the youth allowance, um, what what potential extra benefits you can have. Um, if you are directly responsible for someone, you do get an extra allowance. There may also be allowances around healthcare and, and, and medical support payments and medical cards that can give you access to, to medicine and to healthcare. And the other thing also, Maddie, at the moment, there is an extra coronavirus supplement available, which, which is giving people an extra $250 a, a fortnight. Now, unfortunately, that's come down from 500, which, which I know for a lot of people was making sure that Australians weren't living underneath the poverty line and, 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 I'm not pretending that support payments are anywhere near enough at the moment, but there are, they are there. So I think going to the Services Australia website is probably the best thing. If people, the, the other piece of advice is that if people are a bit confused or a bit, um, if it's a bit difficult to navigate um, through all of that, you know, clicking what what applies to you. Um, to, to, please don't be shy to reach out for help. So the options are you can give Services Australia a call. Sometimes that can take a little bit of time on hold and that can be a bit frustrating. But certainly I, I would I would definitely also recommend giving your MP's office a call. Um, if you live in McNamara, um, feel free to call my office. The number for my office is 95348126, 95348126. We will definitely be able to steer you through some of the application processes the other thing that we can also help with is that if you have applied and, and you haven't had a response or um, you've applied for a specific support and it's taking some time or, or, or you're running into some um, problems with Services Australia or with Centrelink, then then give us a call and, and we might be able to help. Um, we, we do speak to Centrelink and to Services Australia almost on a daily basis and we try and help help um, navigate through a lot of the different really legitimate um, issues that come up. Um, and and I guess, so I guess the, the main message I have is that because everyone's circumstances are different, that there's not one, there's not one payment that, that sort of, um, that applies all, but th- there are, there are, um, there is a process that, that you should be able to find what, what is available for you. And if you get lost, then give your MP's office a call because we can absolutely help out as well. That's really interesting because it's not something growing up that I ever thought calling my local MP was an option for. I guess I thought that calling my local MP was more to 
complain about a traffic light. Or, <laughs> I was I was gonna I was gonna interrupt you and say complain, but um, which which you're more than welcome to do as well. If if people do have any particular gripes, um, we are we are the gripe receiving hotline. Um, <laughs> but no, but but we, we are we are. This is this is. Um, I, I have amazing staff. I, I'm very proud of them. They they work exceptionally hard. They're all working from home at the moment, but. But they do. They do really care about um, about trying to help people get through this at times pretty complicated system. So, if you do get lost, or if it's a bit frustrating, or you're so over the day that you just want to speak to a human being, um, which I certainly understand that. That then then give your MPs office a call, and and if you get lost, then you can always call our office as a backup. And and if we can't help, we we do try and steer you in the right direction. That's such great advice and definitely better than when I was younger and I wrote a letter to my local MP complaining that my local pedestrian crossing didn't have that beeping sound. So people when they were blind wouldn't know when to cross. And I don't, I think we ended up getting the beeping sound in my local pedestrian crossing, but I think calling your local MP to to navigate Centrelink and bursary payments and, and services Australia might be a little bit of a better use of, of our young carers time than writing letters about pedestrian crossings. (laughs) Many of our young carers are turning 18, um, especially, I mean, we had a group of kids who went through one of our very first versions of the Big Dreamers program a couple of years ago. And I found out that a few of them are turning 18 this year and it blew my mind and made me feel very, very old. Um, And as soon as you turn 18 in Australia, you're deemed an adult and there are all these other supports that you can access. So what is kind of your piece of advice when you're moving into this adult area of your life and you're navigating new things that you can access and new support. And I guess you're transitioning from going into school every day to going into university and and the supports that you can access in that space. Well, the youth allowance payment, which is the, the the sort of basic framework for a lot of the support payments for people under twenty four, it goes all the way up to twenty four. So, so if you if you do turn eighteen, then then that would still apply to you. But then and then after that, you would go on to the the general job seeker um, payment, is what they call it at the moment. Again. The payments are designed to try and support people, and while it really varies, so some people who who may live at home may have different eligibility to people living on their own, and certainly if you are 18 and you're the primary carer for someone else, then there are additional support payments that are available to you for those additional responsibilities that you might have. The other thing to say is that assets are not really taken into consideration for a lot of the youth allowance, but income is. So if you do have a job and you're 18, then that may affect the the level of support that the government might give you at the time. So to work out sort of where you fit in all of this, I again would say to people, check the website, you know, check what what sort of applies to you. And if and if and if you get lost, then give us a call. But um but but I I think I think that the main the main level of support for people um, when you are eighteen and and it depends on where you're living and and you know if you've got a job it does does revolve around the youth allowance payment and um, and it's not it's not um, a lot of money but but it is some support that people can access um, and 
You know, there are also other things as well, Maddie, that, that if people are worried about housing and if people are worried about, um, you know, a, if they don't have a safe place to live or if they have home is not, not a safe place, then there are other, other, other places and other, um, areas that people can turn to. Um, you know, especially if you're in a caring role or if you're caring for a younger person, um, you can, you're often, um, put ahead of, of you're put at the top of the of the um, the demand list for housing, which is a you know it's a huge problem in our society. That the amount of people who are waiting for for some form of social housing, um, it is it is not getting better, and it's something that I've I've been um, looking at quite a bit. But but if if, if things like that also apply to you um, and that you are in insecure housing or you um, need to access housing, you know, quickly and it's your circumstances have changed, um, then then there are support services that are available for you as well. Um, and and again, if that if if you get lost on that, then then feel free to give my office a call or, or, or give your MP's office a call because they can steer you in the right direction. And it depends on where you're living, it would depend on where um, which housing organization you might want to talk to. But um but I, I think that probably sums it up that that um that it, it really depends on your circumstance. It depends on if you're working, what sort of relationships you're in who you're responsible for and how much extra caring you're, you're doing. Um, and, and I think obviously, you know, we want to make sure that you're not missing out on things that you are entitled to. So, so that, that would be my advice to try and steer through some of that. Great advice, Josh. A number of years ago, the federal government uh, launched the Young Carer Bursary Program. Uh, it's been in existence for a while now, but for many of our listeners may not be familiar with what the Young Carer Bursary is at a federal government level. So for those who aren't aware of it, can you tell us a little bit about what it is and how it works? Yes. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, um, an expert on it, but it, it does basically, it, it is a, it is a, a payment to help, um, young carers with education. And I believe, I believe that it's $3,000 payments and it's, it's available to about a thousand people across the country. So if you are a young person and you are looking to do more study and you need extra support, then that would be an extra support mechanism that you can apply for to help try and get some extra support from the federal government. Again, if there are, if there, if you need help ap- applying for that, feel free to contact my office. There's a whole application process and we can help steer people through that. Sounds great. Many of our young carers are often straddling a line between their own independence, well-being and interests and that of their loved ones. It is by no means an easy task and the scale does not always balance, especially I remember when I was younger, the scale between um, looking after my brother and hanging out with my friends definitely did not balance. When young carers are looking for work, looking for study or navigating something new in their life, what is available to help them achieve their goals without necessarily sacrificing their own home responsibilities? Well, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I, I think the first thing I would point out about something that young carers should be acknowledging, I think of themselves, and certainly something I acknowledge, is that the skills that you are demonstrating at home and the skills that you are undertaking at home of caring for another person are extraordinary. And they're also really transferable to employment as well. That, that a young person who has had this extra responsibility and who has 
undertaken more than than their peers at a young age, I think puts people in a really good position entering into the workplace and the and the job market to be able to demonstrate that they are, you know, young people with a real sense of responsibility, with a real sense of, you know, you can trust carers because you know, people have to lean on them and rely on them. And that's really important in the workplace to be able to show and demonstrate that. So I think, I think that um, one piece of advice I would give to people is to make sure that is to absolutely not be shy about, about being a carer and being a young, a young carer, especially that that is, that is a, a really, um, a really good skill to have when entering in the workplace to be able to demonstrate that you, you know, that you are able to, to, um, you know, to manage and to, um, to undertake responsibility and to do it, um, in a way that people rely on you and you, you help people get through the day. Um, that, that's, that separates people from, uh, from, from their peers. And that's, that's really, um, I, I think, a really attractive thing for employers as well. Um, beyond that, I, I, I mean, it's re- it's really difficult at the moment, Matt, Maddie, out there that, that there are a lot of um, there are a lot of job applicants for, for each job, and that's that's something that that is is probably. Um, is stacked up against all young people at the moment that that the number of jobs out there is simply not enough that unemployment needs to come down and it's really difficult during a pandemic to try and do that because there's all these other big um, necessities in society so um, I, I, I think that um, I think that keep keep going keep applying and and keep keep trying um, in this period but things will get better and things will improve for young people if you had to give young Josh burns three hot tips on kind of navigating growing up and social support and financial support uh, what were your three hot tips that you would give a young Josh burns? First one would be probably don't don't put blonde tips in your hair. That would be the first <laughs> thing I'd say to say to the young me. That didn't help my employment um, prospects. Um, it was it was an unusual an unusual phase I went through when I was about fifteen or sixteen, Maddie. But um, anyway, proof? we're over that now. Are there photos? Absolutely not. Absolutely Damn not. It. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. In fact, uh, let's let's hope that this is not being recorded and that no one else finds <laughs> out about this. Um, uh, look. Uh, I um what advice would I give to a young a young me? I think that um I think that one of the best things I learned was probably when I got my first full-time job which was sometimes and and I know that this is really, you know, this is something that carers probably understand better than anyone else that sometimes you just can't wait for other people to do something or to do something for you that you've just got to do it yourself. And and carers Probably have to face that reality more than more than um, others in 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 an everyday situation where where if it if it's not you doing it then it's not going to get done and that's um, that's that's a really important um, skill to have an asset to have as a person that that um, if you don't get something done then it's not going to happen and and I think that's the same when applying for jobs and working um, in those jobs that. That don't wait for someone to offer you a job. 
pick up the phone, make sure yourself, you make, you know, make sure that you're in front of people, make sure that you're separating yourself from other people. Um, it's not about, it's not about talent or anything like that. Um, it's about perseverance and it's about, it's about perspiration often, um, that, that you, that you, um, the, you, you just, you just work harder and you do more because, you're more determined. And I think if anyone understands that, Maddie, it's, it's the, you know, the amazing people who, who you've, who, you know, in your organization and, and the carers who, who don't wait for other people to do things, but, but do it themselves. And so that, that would be, I, I learned that, I learned that, um, you know, after I, after I was working probably in my early twenties, that, that you have to make things happen for yourself. And that would be something that I could, I could probably, um, in part on my younger self, um, where, where I probably waited for, for others to do, to, to sort of give me opportunities and, and it doesn't, ha- the world doesn't work like that. Um, and I guess, I guess, um, the final piece of advice I would give, which I, I also, um, I also think that, that maybe I'm in this sort of generation where, where it was starting to become an issue, but it's it certainly become more of an issue is, is to get off social media, um, and to have times where to have times and have enough period where of the, throughout the day where you're just not, you're not near your phone, put your phones on silent and not on vibrate and just leave them in another room and, um, and go for a walk or listen to the podcast or, or do something that's, that's not about being connected. Doesn't matter what your work is, but have, have time away and recharge and find the things that make you, you know, feel like you can recharge. So, um, it's, you know, we, we spend a lot of time glued to our, our, our devices and, and, you know, we need them and that's fine. And that's good that, that it helps us be able to do all of these things remotely. But, um, my three bits of advice is don't, don't color your hair, make yourself do things for yourself and, and take time away from your, from being connected to the whole world and, and just enjoy, enjoy the real world. Thank you so much for that wise advice, Josh. And I'm still, I'm going to try and find photos of those blonde tips because I think it would be <laughs> hilarious. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. If our dreamers want to find out more about you and what you do, where can they find you? Well, Google um, Google has uh, helped us uh, reach a few people. My, my, my name is Josh Burns. I'm the federal member for McNamara, M-A-C-N-A-M-A-R-A. Um, but it's, yeah, w- w- it's basically from the Yarra River down to Caulfield and I'm very lucky to be a federal member of parliament. But if anyone has any, any issues or questions, feel free to email me on josh.burns.mp at aph.gov.au or send give my office a call on 95348126. And otherwise, I really hope that people stay well. People have done an amazing job um, over the last few months in Victoria. It's been a really difficult period, but I I really wish everyone only health and um, hope that we can come out of this and and everyone can have some time with their family and friends over the Christmas period. And um, I hope everyone stays safe. And thanks for having me on, Maddie. Thanks, Josh. Now it's time for Dreamer Diaries. Each week, we follow James and Julie, two young carers on a journey to own their finances. James has begun to look at university courses, but the idea of studying full-time makes him financially anxious. 
from taking transport every day to purchasing books and software and the social expenses of a new lifestyle, James worries how he'll manage supporting himself and his family. James meets with the school counsellor, Greg, to discuss his concerns. Greg assures him that his feelings are not only valid, but incredibly common, which is why the government has support measures in place to help students remain financially independent whilst completing their education. Greg sits with James and visits MyGov. After some research on Centrelink, James discovers he's eligible for Study Assist Youth Allowance. This is a fortnightly allowance from the government to assist full-time students aged between 16 and 24 years. James breathes a sigh of relief knowing he can still work, study and spend time with friends and loved ones without feeling the added pressure of falling behind. When the time comes to apply for youth allowance, James now knows to visit MyGov and apply via the forms online. After a stressful few months managing school, work and her caring responsibilities, Julie makes the difficult decision to leave her part-time job so that she can get back on top of her studies. Unsure how she and her family will manage financially, Julie contacts the Carer Gateway to learn how the Australian government might be able to contribute with a carer payment given her recent unemployment. Julie discovers she's entitled to more financial support as she seeks a job with fewer hours. She also learns that her carer's card can be used to receive discounts on energy and gas bills, water rates, public transport and even some recreational activities. With this in mind, Julie makes a list of her expenses, from groceries to bills and hobbies, and then calculates how much she will pay with her concession card, realigning her budget accordingly. Julie breathes a sigh of relief, knowing she can focus on her schoolwork and her family without being crippled by financial stress. That's it for this episode. This week, I challenge you to visit the Centrelink website and research just one benefit you might be entitled to as a young carer. If you find the information on the website overwhelming, head to this week's module inside the Dreamers Hub, where we explain everything you need to know. And remember, you can share your progress with us on the forum on the Dreamers Hub. Bye for now. (laughs) 